0: Listener production. Hello and welcome to Willow Talk. Adam Peacock alongside Brad Haddon once again. And Hads well, it ended really well. Didn't start too well, the group stage for Australia, but
1: uh, a big win on a pretty good deck overnight there in India. And then there was four. Yeah, I thought Australia were really clinical um, overnight. I thought their bowling, it was a bit of a shock when we um, sent Bangladesh in, the surface looked good, but it was good to get an opportunity to see Paddy with the new ball. Um, didn't offer much swing, I, I thought it might have swung a little bit more. It was good to see also Sean Abbott get an opportunity to play and get his first World Cup wicket, so that's been on the semis now. Yep, uh, this is how
0: it all panned out. Bangladesh, um, as you mentioned, had sent in a 8 for 306, looked looked okay. I mean, if you look at the, the last week and a half or, or two weeks of the tournament, you think, oh, anything over 300 on these decks can can prove challenging. But in the end, I mean, the best of the bowlers was was Sean Abbott and Adam Zamper with two. Adam Zamper again, and, and you're noticing this all around the place, that the economy rates of the best spinners in each team, they're, they're around the three mark. And Zamper's uh, two for 32 off his 10 overs. All the quicks didn't bowl apart from Sean Abbott. So that might've been a loading thing. Josh Hazelwood Only bowled the the seven overs, none for 21. Mitchell Stark rested. Glenn Maxwell rested, still in a cramp probably, from his innings the other night. And Australia just come out and went whack. Uh, Travis Head fell for 10. Davey Warner for 53. Interesting way, interesting dismissal. We'll get to that in a moment with the catch. But Mitch Marsh was the absolute standout, 177 of 132. Steve Smith back from vertigo. A runner ball, 63. And that's how Australia got home. So uh, with the ball, Hats, did, did you feel that? That, um yeah, they could have done a little more the quicks, but they just
1: wanted to be careful because they knew they got a the semi final in a few days. Yeah, there, there's a lot to play for. Uh, wasn't there looking ahead for the, the Australians? Oh, I thought actually Bangladesh played pretty well um for, for the first 40 overs. They were consistent partnerships. They didn't lose um, clumps of wickets as, as they've done in the past. Oh, I thought they're a better team actually without their captain. Um, oh, I thought without Shaquille, that took a a lot of um, focus away from just one player and, and to me the batters responded um, the, the only problem with their Indians is they didn't have anyone set in the last 10 overs to, to really capitalise some really good batting but that, that was down to Australia's bowling as well they sat on Adam Zampa, he was outstanding again, he's now got the most wickets by spin, spinner for Australia in a in World Cup, he's, he's gone to 22 so he was outstanding, Hazelwood did his role um, and it was good to see Sean Abbott, as, as we said at the top, get his opportunity after sitting on the pine through the whole World Cup to come out, play a World Cup game and, and get a wicket. So it was pretty clinical with the ball. They, they didn't over-exert um, themselves. The, the Aussies just did enough to to get everyone through and ready for the the big clash against South Africa. Yeah, Todd, uh, Radoid was the,
0: the highest run scorer for Bangladesh. Um, run a ball 74 pretty much, a really good knock, but the... The rest, they got over 20, but didn't go on with it. What was that down to,
1: in your opinion, Hats? Oh, this thing, they, they play pretty smart, actually. They, they didn't try to overplay their hand. Their, their tempo was right, as I said, through 40 overs. They, they look like they're really conscious of not losing wickets in in clumps. And they set themselves up, as I said, for a good last 10 overs. But Australia bowled well. Um, their, their death bowling was, was on tar- target, and... and Bangladesh had no batters set in the last ten overs really to to capitalise and get a score to to three forty that maybe could have put a bit of pressure on a on Australia but Australia were in second gear that they, they cruised through the game they did what they had to do as I said Zampa was outstanding Mahnu Slavishane though showing how much he wants to be in this final team he created two run outs he his attitude to to make a difference and and get involved in the play was absolutely world class so. He, he put up a big statement to to be in the team for the, the clash against South Africa. Yeah, you talk of building momentum um,
0: had. So in what area, before the semis, and we'll get into it in greater detail through the week with the extended podcast, but what area has been the key indicator that Australia has
1: built momentum? Bat, ball, field. Well, I think the big thing after the, the probably the couple of losses is Australia feeling as a team. Um, they've got a real attitude in the field now to to put themselves in in the hot spot and, and contribute to the result of the play. And, and that's been led by Marnas. He's been outstanding. If you remember back to the New Zealand game in the last over where um, Jimmy Neeson whacked a couple out to mid-wicket, Manus was full-strength, died, whacked them back and, and saved the boundary, which in the, in the end was um, a big reason why Stray got over the line. So it's been a real attitude shift in their fielding, um, which to me is a great sign. Um, we've been successful at World Cup tournaments, Yes, because we've got class players, but it's been our attitude to do those little things differently and better than everyone else in the field, and that's what we're starting to see from this Australian team now. We're seeing a really hungry cricket team that wants to go right deep in this tournament. Looked weird, an Australian men's one-day international team without Mitch Stark. Fair call to to rest him and and freshen him up? Yeah, I think it was. And if you have a close look at the game, uh, Paddy was controlling what he did and, and Josh did right throughout the game. Josh only bowled seven overs by, I think, 30. He he was outstanding, so he would have normally finished his quota, but he was just making sure that they put their finishing touches on, on this team to to get right for the final. Well, we've seen at stage our top order be really dominant, and that happened again uh, last night. We've seen our back-end batting um, at, at times be brutal, and we just need to fix up our middle-order batting, and, and what we've seen was Steve Smith getting into a bit of rhythm. We we know he's a big match player. We know he gets off on on the, this stage when it comes to this time in the tournament. So we got everything out of the game we, we needed, and no injury concerns. So oh, I thought it was a smart move not to to play Starkey. Yeah, and
0: Glenn Maxwell, obviously, as I mentioned, he um, was well, yeah, maybe lying down somewhere. Fair enough, too. It's a perfect excuse to get away with uh, not having to play the the dead rubber in the final group game, but. Um, Mitch Marsh put himself in that situation with his knock. He was he was cramping a little towards the end. Not the full body cramp style, but uh, the big
1: bison. Jeez, he uh he played well. It's been an emotional week, um too for the, the big bison. He went home for the of his, his, um, and his pop and to come back and, and perform the way he did. Um that that'll give him a lot of confidence leading into South Africa. Um I thought he was brutal. Um I thought he played his role exactly how we needed him to play, nine sixes. Um, his role at number three is to play a high-risk game and, and play a power game. And, and after losing head early, he continued that momentum. He, he bats well with Davey Warner. Um, they complement each other. One's very short in stature and one's the big bison. So they, they both were um, really, really classy. But it was good to see Mitch um, get 177, get the rewards for all the hard work he's, he's put up in over time. And, and off the back, have been a real emotional week for his family. It was weird to see them play on a,
0: on a deck like that as well at this stage of the tournament has, but uh, were you particularly surprised, given
1: the location? Uh, Pune. P- you can get, um, well, depends if you're playing India. There's th- normally three different wickets prepared. So, it's, yeah, it was, it, it, it's was. got an average 1st innings score of, of 308 and Bangladesh got 307. So, it's t- typically a good batting surface. We've seen South Africa early in the tournament score 350 there, so... But at this stage and, and with the the heat that's um, been on offer in India, you'd imagine it would have cracked up a little bit more. But it actually, got harder and better as the as the game went on. So yeah, I'm not too sure Calcutta will give us the the same luxury of that sort of surface. But uh, yeah, it was um, yeah it was br- brutal batting by the Aussies, and, and they really took advantage of a good surface. Although I
0: will say, England played Pakistan there overnight as well. Eden Gardens, where we're playing the semi. England posted three hundred thirty-seven in the first knock. You, you must be over the moon that they got across the line in their their final game of the World Cup against Pakistan. Did they play?
1: Apparently, yeah. I, I don't think anyone cares, but oh, I think it's it's been a disappointing tournament, and, and that and that England team would be just happy to to be getting on the flight home. They're, they're going to have some answers um, and, and some questions thrown their way. Imagine once they they land back at Heathrow. Um, that they come with high expectations of the world-class team, and and to be bowing out the, the way they did, um, there, there's got to be questions and asked. David Willey as well, named player of the match in that one, he's the guy that found out he wasn't
0: getting a contract halfway through the tournament. So, um, it, or England just briefly before we get back to Australia, so you've got Pakistan, England and Sri Lanka who are way off, uh, all missing the top four, and we we evaluated them as, as possible. Certainly England has a big chance of, of making the top four in Pakistan, but... Um, who's the biggest disappointment out
1: of the the six to miss? I, I think it has to be England. We, we everyone thought that they were going to be competing at the the pointy end of the tournament. Um, so they've come up short. Oh, I thought Bangladesh also were were very disappointing. Um, conditions suit their style of, of of play. They they play the slow. <laughs> excuse me. They play the wickets of, of in India really well. They've grown up on similar surfaces. So I thought they were really disappointing. Netherlands, I thought were outstanding uh, to to get a couple of wins and, and get a taste of of what tournament plays like in a in a World Cup. So I, I was very impressed with with them. Afghanistan, I, I think when they sit down and, and reassess or assess what went on, um, they, they'll be pretty disappointed. They lost to Bangladesh early. Um, they had a, a chance against a, a Australia to to cement a, a semi final spot. So yeah, I, I think they'll sit back down and and just ruin some. Ah, uh, missed opportunities. Speaking of a, I'm
0: not missed opportunity. It was a taken opportunity for Chanto in the field for Bangladesh, getting rid of Dave Warner. So I had it like if you're listening to this, you haven't quite seen it. It's oh, it's a player taking a catch. He a- actually takes the catch. It, no question whatsoever. They go into the mitts, but then as part of the celebration, he kind of clips his side as he's throwing the ball up, and the ball just dribbles out. So. I, I understood the rule as the celebration is part of the,
1: the action of taking the catch. So was this out in your opinion? Oh, well, as you said, the, the first point you made, he, he took the catch cleanly. So that that was obvious. And it reminded me a lot of about Ben Stokes in the last test match doing a similar thing, taking the catch and, and not controlling it in the celebration. But I tell you he did a really good job with it all. It, this could have been a big issue going into the semi final. Was David Warner. If, yeah, if he had a stood his ground, I I actually believe he wouldn't have been given out. So he's just seen it. He had the best view of it. He watched it all the way. He seen him take the catch, and he's just turned around, disappointed to get out. He was looking for his fourth hundred of the, of the tournament. But the way he handled it probably puts to bed at everyone talking about today. So took the
0: oxygen away from a possible flammable situation, shall we say, Bradley. Does he do it, though, if it's a semi-final and we're, we're uh, humming along and he's... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's
1: hope <laughs> we don't get to that stage. But it, it, it was an interesting one because he caught it clean. Yeah. And he, he lost total control when he went to celebrate. So, yeah, the umpires um, dodged a bullet there with Davey Warden just walking off and accepting the decision. Who does Maxie and Starkey come back in for, for the, for the semi-final? Yeah, good question. Well, obviously, Starkey, Maxie comes in uh Starkey comes in for Sean Abbott, and going Ma- will be an interesting one. Marcus Stoinis hasn't got a fifty since two thousand and nineteen, yeah, in Australian colours. So, and it's going to be hard to to leave manus out of the team. Right, he's 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 making a difference in the field. I think we're going to need his batting in the in the middle overs. So, I think Marcus Stoinis' position will come under fire for for the semi final, but it also might be surface dependent. If they need that extra bowling option, if it's a really flat surface and they want an extra bowling option, maybe then um, Stoinis, Stoinis does play with the power hitting. But if you've got a wicket that's going to be tough during the middle overs, well, you, you want your best players playing those middle overs. So then, then manus comes in. So oh, I think they've got their 12, um pretty set on on what they're going to do. It's just that last position, and I think it's out of manus and Marcus Stoinis. And just have to make sure Maxi doesn't go play golf in the next three days. And and if he does, he walks, or he wears his helmet. Um, because yeah, when he did come back from that, we we seen what he's uh he produced. So yeah, it was it was a smart decision um not to play Maxi. I'd imagine he would have wanted to play, but um he would have been with all the sports science stats and and everything that, that they've got their data. He would have been high risk of of pinging something in that game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Australia uh, after the horrific start to the. The whole tournament,
0: um, yeah, as you said, Hads, you, you build into things and that the preparation has gone perfectly and Australia to play South Africa in a semi-final. India will play New Zealand, even though India, as we sit here right now, still have one more group game to go. We're back in a moment with some reaction and stats on our World Cup Willow Talk. So had Mitch Marsh, player of the match, fair enough, when you nearly hit a double hundred in a uh, (laughs) one-day international. Uh, He said, I sort of knew that I'd be down to three when Travis came back in. Uh, Important to play with the same intent, back myself. There are a few games where I lost my intent, but good to get back. Uh, You will fail sometimes, but important to get it right more times. So that to me sounds like he has absolutely been given the instruction of no instruction when he goes in for number three, just hit the ball hard.
1: Yeah, and and it's interesting that statement there. He, he said he lost his intent a couple of times. That that's the question he's got to answer because his role is to to come in and play the way he did uh, against Bangladesh. Um, he he was brutal. He, he's so strong down the ground. If they over, over pitch, uh, he cleared the boundary nine times and sixes. But he, he's got to get that mindset right. He's his job's to go out there and be brutal and and to to hear him say, oh in that statement that he, he intent wasn't quite there at times, he's got to fix that and make sure that is on par and ready to go come this um, game against South Africa. Yeah, Mitch went
0: on to say about his family situation back home after the passing of his grandfather. I'm sure my nana and mum and everyone will be watching at home. Hopefully they'll have a smile on their face. My grandfather was a great man and we celebrated his life. So that is a fair old tribute uh, for Mitch Marsh uh, with his actions and words as well as a, he's a good human being. And uh, he said, it's always a great honour to score a century, but I was pretty cooked, to be honest. Uh, I was just starting to cramp at one stage and uh, I was trying to keep my heart rate low and not exert too much energy. He didn't get to the point where no feet movement were happening um, and making it more of a nightmare for all the junior coaches around the land to for their kids to say, no, no, I don't have to move my feet because Maxie doesn't. But uh, yeah, Mitch still played a pretty conventional
1: knock to get to where he did. Well, yeah, he played his style. Oh, I tell you, it's funny about Maxie's innings. He is, and this is the, he'll inspire generations of cricketers. There were kids trying to play that shot at under-12s um, Pirates yesterday. Yeah, they, they were out there not using their feet, and, and they got their comebacks to their, their parents, when their dad's saying, get over your front knee, put your top elbow up, and they're going, well, hang on a minute. Maxie does not use his feet, but kids were actually practicing that shot in warm-up, so he'll inspire a generation, Maxie.
0: I bet they were, I bet they were. Uh, as for Captain Pat, it was great, great uh, leading, great win leading into the semis, chasing a good total. We're not at our sharpest in the first innings. It was a really good wicket, and we bought back uh, to a total we could chase, not too upset with, even though it was over 300, feels like everything is clicking together, and it's hard to disagree with that, Hads, that um, everything's, there's a bit of synergy about everything, but now different situation in the semifinal because you
1: become uh, one-off territory? Well, the, the reason we've been so successful in World Cups and in tournament plays is we know how to peak at the right time. Um, and, and we've seen little steps of that on the on the way. And the, the big step to me, and as we touched on up, up top, is everyone in the team is feeling for each other. So they're, they're the little things that we can control, and it's an attitude thing. So they're, they're in a good place now going into the to the game against South Africa. Um, the top order's got runs. Steve Smith's got runs in the middle. The three fast bowlers, I've never been worried about where they're at, where they're getting wickets at the start, middle, or end. They're, they're world class performers, and that just ex- watch out for Mitchell Stark to Quinton de Cock. De Cock's been unbelievable this World Cup. But, the ball just leaves the seam away from de Cock. I can see a little in uh, little scratch on it to Inglis, and, and de Cock departing that first over in Australia. All of a sudden, game on in that uh, semi. Well, we're going to have a good look at that semi-final in the next couple of
0: days. On, will I talk with an extended uh, chat? Um, just some stats. I know you love some stats. And had you jumped the gun today with the Steinert stat? He's, he's he's done me in here. But uh, just on Mitch Marsh, his highest one-day international score, his first century at number three as well, um, and the second highest individual score of the tournament behind Glenjamin Maxwell with his two hundred and one. Against Afghanistan, uh, Adam Zampa's World Cup wicket tally goes to seventy-four uh, with another couple in on this one. Um, it's the first time Australia has chased over three hundred in a World Cup game. That's that's a bit wild co- considering the 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 quality that we've had in the past of um, yeah some of
1: our our batting lineups had. So I'm I'm a bit surprised at that one. Now I'm not because off the back of how good our batting lineup has always been with our world-class bowlers. So uh, it's been hard for teams to get anywhere near 300. Mate, when you've got Bracken, McGrath, Tate, Warren, Hogg, it's been hard for teams to get get 300 against us. Yeah, Um, and
0: Mitch Marsh, back to him, three of the four 150-plus scores while chasing in Men's World Cup uh, one-day history have come in 2023. Um, The other one was Andrew Strauss back in 2011. So, yeah, it's... There's no qualms about these guys if, if they're chasing big scores. It's, um, yeah, it's go for it. And sometimes these wickets are, are changing in the second knock.
1: Yeah, and I would imagine that might be the case in the, if they lose the toss in the, the game against South Africa. South Africa have made a real statement about batting first and we've seen at times they've they've sort of wavered a bit batting second. So if they get the opportunity to, to win the toss, i will bat first um, at Eden Gardens and Australia will have to chase so. It was, good, uh, it was a good
0: hit out there. Well, Hads, we'll be back in a, in a couple of days. I'm just over the moon that um this short and sharp pod of my voices lasted because it's been a fair old campaign down here in Melbourne for the uh, the races, so uh, we got there. Who were you with at the end? We, which it'd have to be Damien Oliver, wouldn't it? Well, the, there was a, a place with a lot of people in it. There was a bar, and I was one of the taller ones in the establishment because all the... Jo- I will say, I didn't realise that... Um, the jockeys enjoy themselves. I thought cricketers and, you know, footballers and stuff, uh, those boys and girls don't mind ripping in a bit. And I dare say, I'm just amazed my voice is still working, but I dare say there's some sore heads scattered around this uh, wonderful expanse of
1: land known as Melbourne around the Yarra this morning. And you'd have to say, if Damien Oliver is not best on ground, I'd be very surprised after signing off on a, on a, illustrious career mate he he would have been holding that bar up well the funny thing was but
0: just before we say goodbye he uh that was his last ride at flemington um yesterday but he's still riding until middle of december uh he got suspended yesterday so he's got a little holiday before before his official farewell so he could he could really rip in so not the worst suspension he's ever got in his life i dare say i dare say uh Have a good rest of the day, mate, and we'll catch you early next week for uh, that long chat about Australia through to the semis at the Men's World Cup. Stay safe. Can't wait. Thanks, everyone. That was Willow Talk. A great way for Australia to build momentum into the semis. Bring them all.